Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Banner. You're listening to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying this content, you can support what we're doing by heading over to www.yesodblocks.com where you can subscribe and get access to a ton of other content that is way more advanced than what you're hearing in this series and also support us with the financial contributions of the subscription. So definitely consider that and know that these subscriptions are the lifeblood of this entire platform as we're really trying to upgrade, update, and really expand how people see Torah in the world and to fully illustrate how the Torah is the most sophisticated technology that there is in the world and not just say that and not just believe that in some place inside of ourselves but actually experientially see that and live that in a very real and, uh, and fully alive type of way. This particular episode, we are in Siman Nun Aleph. We're up to Seif Hay. Siman Nun Aleph is uh, section 51. Seif Hay is the fifth halacha in that Siman. And we're discussing the dynamics of Psuke de Zimra, which is, there's, uh, there's as, we've, as we've described in the previous episodes, it is the second level of tefillah and it, the, the morning tefillah process that we're trying to construct and build out using the tools of the Sidur. And so we're basically trying to move from the most physical, tangible aspects of existence when we wake up, which is what we're exposed to initially, it's a very intense physical experience of suddenly being dunked back into the physical context that our consciousness is linked to through our body. So our neshama is basically dormant, or at least it is pulled out. It is it is to some degree pulling back from the physical context when we are sleeping, and then it suddenly gets reinstated, reinstalled into the uh, the fully plugged in context that we call waking up. And so when we are exposed to the physical world in that way, our our entire our our experience is almost it's almost like being reborn in a certain way because you're suddenly very intensely exposed to what's there in front of you, which is why it's hard for us to wake up sometimes or it's hard for us to be confronted with very intense uh, experiences right when we wake up because we're just we're just very new to the environment. It's like we're we're new neshamos that have now been reinstalled into a setting that is foreign to them. So we say in the tefillah of Elokai neshama, we're basically describing that process. So when you encounter other people very suddenly or or very heavy uh, uh, experiences like uh, high level complex things that some people have alarm clocks that are designed to make them do uh, math problems in order to disable the alarm clock. So that's now a, a, a very annoying type of thing to have to deal with because the neshama has been out of the flow of the physical, uh, measurable, and, and constructed reality. So when you suddenly come back into that, then you, you, we struggle essentially in that new state. And all of the, the tefillah constructions that are in the Sidur for the morning p- uh, process of tefillah are designed to basically um, move us all the way from the physical uh, through the different layers of being all the way up to the neshama state, which is, um, you know, the top of the entire process. You could, you could think of it as going through olamot, the olamot systems, the olamot layers, the first layer, olam ha'asiyah, and then olam ha'yitzirah, olam ha'briah, olam ha'atzilut, all these different layers of existence, we're trying to travel through all of them when we start our day, because otherwise the neshama can sort of be trapped in the lowest state that it was now exposed to, and we're trying to undo the das-tovara dynamic that is essentially created and reinforced through the experience of waking up. So you could think of it as if the totality of, of what we are is a neshama, we are the neshama consciousness, but we are then uh, we include within ourselves all of these layers of our being, our thoughts, our perceptions, our, our emotions, uh, our physiologies, and our bodies as the as the ultimate, um, the, the sheath, the root of that in the physical world. So we want to be able to traverse the totality of what we are, to be able to put your neshama consciousness in any place 
inside of the, the matrix of your being. So that means to be able to access the world of thought, to be able to access the world of emotion, to be able to access the world of perception, to be able to access the world of physiology at will, on demand, um, so we can actually manipulate, update, upgrade, uh, alter, modify any of those areas. In other words, to be able to think whatever we want to think and whenever we want to think and to be able to feel whatever we want to feel and whatever we need to feel um, to, to be able to activate those things deliberately on purpose, you have to basically have a facility with all these different layers of your being. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build this stack, this, we're trying to move through the process of, of, of the Sidur to create a tefillah alignment dynamic in every layer of our being. So we're basically trying to move through each of these things. And the first part of the tefillah structure in the Sidur is to do that with Olam HaAsiyah. And then Olam HaYetzirah is what we're talking about now. So Kedizimra, the world of emotional conviction. And then the world of, of, of Machshava, the world of Bina, which is the world of Berchus Kriyashma. And that's also synonymous with the world of Bria. And then the world of Atzilut, which is synonymous with the world of, of Chachma and, and, and Keter and Da'at, whatever those things are. Not going to explain those all right now. But the point is that to be able to move through all of that and, and actually um, put ourselves back in the world when we wake up, not only into the, the bottom of the world, but, in, but to then acclimate the Neshama to the entire framework, the entire stack, the entire structure of being so that way it can have facility with throughout the day as it is now engaged and plugged into the, the world as it is. Um, after having been uh, pulled out from that world, it can now uh, operate on all those levels at will. So that's what we're trying to create here. And so the Psyche de Zimmer component is, like we mentioned in earlier episodes, it's the world of emotional conviction. It's the layer uh, of Yitzirah, the layer of Tiferet. It's basically how we get to know the real you, your emotional convictions, the things that you share emotionally, uh, show us how you really see things. Even if you think differently than you feel, what you feel tells us how you really see. And so thinking is Bina, and feeling is Tiferet, but, and, and Da'at is, your, is how you see things. So it's the world of your perceptions. So if you, uh, if you feel a certain way, even if, not, even if the thoughts you think are the opposite of the things that you're feeling, we know that deep inside you actually see things in harmony with how you feel and not how you think. And so that's what the world of emotional conviction is about. And so we're trying to access that space and try to access feelings that are reflective of truth and of reality and access the perceptions that are embedded in them. So that's what we're saying when we engage in the psukim and the, recit the recitation uh, of those psukim and the different parts of the text that make up psuke de Zimra. We're trying to basically access the things we're supposed to feel and access perceptions of reality that are underlying those types of feelings so we can actually install and develop the feelings that we want to feel uh, as a reflection of what we know truly is. And in the previous episodes, we've been discussing a little bit how there is this, this need to do this kind of construction um, in an incremental, accumulative type of way where you actually are building piece by piece as you go through Psyche Zimra, you're adding pieces of ideas, pieces of thoughts, pieces of of perspectives that are supposed to then filter into the world of feelings. So we do that piece by piece, and because uh, you're reading in a linear way, so you start and you flow through the text, and then and you're reciting it and listening to what you're saying out loud, so you can actually absorb it into your mind. And then the issue is, well, what do you do if there's a situation of an interruption? And so the halacha we saw in the previous episode was that there, there's a, a way to try to close off, to kind of like sign off a particular block of the things that we said, and that way we can pause there if we need to for some kind of specific problem. And then you can restart and start a new block of Psyche de Zimra after the interruption is over. This is very similar to the blockchain structure. It's like there's just a piece of, 
of, of being, a piece of thought, a piece of idea that you now signed off on, you signed it and said, okay, this block is done. You kind of put it to the side and then you can pause because you need to for some specific reason. And then you can start a new block just like, and the reason is because all of Sukkot Zimra is meant to be one giant block. So if you need to pause, you can actually break it apart into smaller blocks and then deal with the pauses. And again, those pauses are, all, as we described in the previous episode, only for a situation of what's called ones, where there's no other choice and you really just have, you have to stop. But generally, you're not supposed to stop in the middle of Sukkot Zimra because you don't want to interrupt this, this cumulative process uh, of, stru- of structural development inside of our minds and inside of our, our emotional contexts. So this halacha is related to that. And it's continuing with the same idea in a, in a new form. And halacha hey, it says, Bain hamiz morim, if you're in between paragraphs, ha'elu, uh, these paragraphs, sho'el mipnea kavod, you can initiate a conversation, um, a, a specific conversation in which you're asking somebody how they are. So this is what's called she'elat shalom in the Gemara. She'elat shalom means specifically that somebody shows up in your environment where now you you have some kind of social obligation to say, to ask them how they are. To say what mashlomcha means, what is your state of shalom? In other words, what is your current state of harmony in the world? How are you, essentially, is the, is the meaning of that question. Um, and so you're, if, you're in, if you're in between paragraphs of Sukkot Zimra, and somebody comes in to the room, you are allowed to ask him how he is in that way, if it's mipnei hakavod, in other words, you have a particular relationship with this person where you have kavod for him. Kavod is usually translated as honor. Um, kavod comes from the word kaved, which means kavedut, heaviness. In other words, the impact of this person on you is such that it is significant enough that there will be some kind of imbalance in your social dynamic if you did not in some way respond uh, or initiate, rather, um, a question of just acknowledging their presence and asking them how they're doing. So if you have, if the person that comes in is a person that you have that kind of kavod for, in other words, they have that kind of impact on you. And that's why kavod, the reason why it's, why it, it, I mean, it's very clear that it means impact, because let's say somebody walks into the room who's famous. So they walk into the room, and so now they have, the, there's a lot of kavod for them. What does that mean? It means they are kaved. Everybody feels them there. It's like, oh, that person's here. Everyone's looking. They're impacting the room with their presence. That's why the word kavod is also used sometimes to mean the neshama, because it's the self. If someone's, if someone comes into the room, it's not just that we feel their body there, it's that we feel them, the self. That's why we say it says in uh, in the right before Pesukah Zimra, there's this line that's in in uh, in the paragraph of Mizmor Shir Chanukat Abayit LeDavid. Uh, it says there, Leman Yizamercha Chavod Velo Yidom, which it means let 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 our kavod sing to you, which is what we're about to do in Pesukah Zimra, the next part. So the, 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 the meaning of the word kavod there clearly refers to the neshama. The thing that makes us impactful is our neshama. So the idea there is, um, is, that, is that kavod is, actually refers to the self. And so if someone comes into the room that you have kavod for, in other words, their self is impacting on you in that way, then you would be allowed to initiate a how are you comment in that situation as long as you're in between paragraphs. Additionally, if, if any person walks into the room and then approaches you and says, Hi, how are you? And you're in, the, and you're in between paragraphs of Sukkot Zimra, he says here, Meshiv shalom l'chol adam, you could answer any person, even a person who's not um, someone that, you've, that you have kavod for, you actually could interrupt to, to answer them if they say, how are you, in order to, um, and we're, we're going to explain more why, why more in a second, um, uh, but just that, that, that's the basic idea there, is if you're in between paragraphs, you could initiate for kavod, somebody who has an impact on you, and you could respond, if somebody else says hello to you, uh, to any person uh, interrupt in the in-between paragraphs. If you're in the middle of a paragraph, you're only allowed to initiate a conversation like that, so yira is where you have an overwhelming awareness of this person, where their presence actually makes you, uh, it makes your sense of self become reduced, because you're so caught up with uh, with them in your consciousness that you actually can't really, um, 
you can't really make as much as much room for yourself. So yira is, is, is often associated with fear. It means a, an, an awareness that is so intense that it overwhelms your sense of self to some degree, sometimes even obliterates it completely. So if somebody walks into the room who you have yira of, then you're allowed to interrupt even in the middle of a paragraph to actually say to them, uh, how are you, to do sheilat shalom. And then if you're if somebody uh, comes up to you and says, how are you, and you're in the middle of a paragraph, you're only allowed to interrupt the paragraph if you have kavod for them. So that's basically the, the breakdown of this. It, it, it all revolves around whether you're in between paragraphs or in the middle of a paragraph. In between paragraphs, you can initiate someone you have kavod for, and, and you can interrupt, um, you can stop to respond to, to any person. If you're in, in the middle of a paragraph, you can initiate uh, to people that you have yira of, and, and also, uh, sorry, if you're in the, in, in the middle of a paragraph, only people that you have yira of, and if you're in between paragraphs, sorry, and if you're in the middle of a paragraph and you want to respond, so then you could respond even to somebody uh, who, only to somebody um, who you have kavod for, so it, and not to just any person. So that's basically the breakdown. It all revolves around whether you're in between paragraphs or in the middle of a paragraph. And the idea here is, is very clear, I think, uh, once you start to think about it a little bit, which is that these paragraphs are each, first of all, the context is one in which there is no time to really press pause and do the block signing off that we talked about in the previous episode, where you can say some sukim of Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen V'Amen, and then you can... Um, you can basically view that as a as a closing bracha. Because remember, the idea here is Pesukah Zimra starts with Baruch Shemar and ends with Yishtabach. So it's one big block. So in the previous episode, we discussed how you could close the block by saying these Pesukim of Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen V'Amen, and that acts as a closing bracha. So that way you can close the block with, this, with that ending bracha, deal with whatever you want to deal with, or need to deal with, and then you can start a new block with Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen V'Amen beginning the next block. Um, but here you don't have time to do any of that. You're just getting interrupted as someone saying hello to you. And so the idea here is that the um, the notice how all the language revolves around the presence of another self. It's Yira, it's Kavod, it's there's someone else here. And so what the Halacha is, is dealing with right now is that on the one hand, we're supposed to be constructing a, a Neshama consciousness structure to now exp- express ourselves in the world and operate in the world following the process of morning tefillah to bring all of our different systems online and in alignment with Hashem and with reality so we can then operate fully in the world. That's what we're trying to do. But at the same time, there are other people, other neshamos that are around us. And so if you ignore another neshama that comes up to you and says something to you, that actually reduces neshama consciousness. Because now it's like, oh, there's no one there. I'm too busy with my thing. There is no you. And so the halacha relates to that because that's actually, uh, if you actually know the goal of what all of these things are, all of halacha, all the mitzvot, what we're trying to do is we're trying to rebalance the loss of awareness of the presence of Hashem and by extension, the loss of awareness of the presence of other selves, of other neshamos that are extensions of Hashem's self in the world. So the whole das tovara dynamic that we've been discussing on and off is that that we have this this problem ever since the Itzadah story happened that we actually um, create distorted perceptions that that focus more on our own personal preferences and less on what actually is. So whatever is loudest in your context will often dominate what it is that you're aware of and paying attention to. And neshamos selves and Hashem are much quieter than the things that we are doing that are about us. There's what I think, I tend to think more about myself than I do about everybody else. We all do that to some degree. So then it's like, well, if you're in a group of people and you're in the middle of doing something that's about you and about your neshama in the world, even though that's a very high level thing to do, we make room for the presence of other selves, other neshamos, to make sure that we don't um, create, uh, uh, to reduce the 
the trade-off there. We want to enhance our awareness of Hashem's presence, enhance our Neshama's capacity of having Hashem consciousness throughout the day, but not in a con- in a way that's going to now um, destroy that in some other area. So if somebody walks up to you and says to you, hi, how are you, or just kind of gives you a little greeting, and you're in between paragraphs, we want you to stop and, and, and say a, a one-second response to that, because we want there to be some kind of acknowledgement that there is another self that just came in. We can't, it, that, that's, a, that's a micro version of Hashem's self in the world, so you can't trade the micro for the macro, we want to try to maintain both to whatever degree we are able to. And similarly, if it's if you're in, even if you're in the middle of a paragraph, right, if you're in between paragraphs, so we understand there's like a little bit of a block dynamic there where it's like we finished the paragraph, there's a space here. So before we start the new theme and someone says something to us, so there's room for us to include and interweave that awareness of that other presence into the flow that we're trying to create in, in, in Tukeda Zimra. Um, and so that way these things shouldn't negate each other. But if we're in the middle of a paragraph, it's much harder to do that because we're in the middle of constructing a particular set of thoughts and then someone interrupts us. So we only would allow for that in a situation where um, we they actually have, we have kavod for them. There's someone who is significant to us and then we could respond to them. And if it's someone that we have yira of, we could even initiate because it's almost like it, it undermines our ability to continue the process of Sukkot Zimra when we have that much yira of somebody else. So we actually stop, initiate the, 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 the acknowledgement and the greeting to then, and then after that we continue with that. So that's basically the idea here. And so the, there's the, the underlying structure is assuming that you're aware of all these different things at once. And you kind of have to juggle all of them and to know, first of all, that underneath Sukkot Zimra is this process of construction of consciousness and al- al- alignment on all the levels of our being, and we're in the middle of a piece of that implicated Zimra, and at the, same, at the same time we don't use that as some kind of, you know, spiritual excuse to sort of be like, oh, I don't, I'm not aware of other Neshamos now, I only focus on this one thing, and, and the other Neshamos lose their lose their perspective, and we, we, we lose their their value in our perspective, and so that's uh, that's the the attempt to balance these different different facets, different different issues that are all going on underneath the surface on the on the on the uh, intangible Kabbalah level of reality. We're trying to to balance all those parts. So I hope that was clear and useful and added some layers of depth to that particular halacha. Thanks again for tuning in. Check us out at soulblocks.com. You can support what we're doing. Subscribe today and make this Torah spread and fill the world. We can't do it without you, so consider doing that. And looking forward to having you join me in the next episode.